Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now. Here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's going on, everybody? It's waiver wire time. This this waiver wire for week going into week eleven. This is a this is this is a big one. Yeah, this is a big one. We have had some quiet weeks over the past couple of weeks in terms of like who are we adding on waivers. Like I remember one couple of weeks ago after the trade deadline, like I had like Chase Edmonds near the top. It's like it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> but. If a few of these guys that we're about to mention, like I would say in the top, you know, five, six guys, you know, this is uh this is the week to 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 pounce. If you have yeah. some fab left fab left over, this is the week to spend it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh maybe grab a couple guys if you can, right? Depending on your you know your league, right? Can you get away with throwing like fifty percent of fab on one guy, fifty percent on another? Will you have to drop it all on one guy? You know your league best. You know, we'll give recommendations, but you know your league, so spend accordingly. But you want to get these guys on your roster. There's no reason to save your fab for anything else. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm probably going to be a little bit hypocritical. You can see I, I haven't spent hardly any of my fab this year. <laughs> I don't think I have. I have a bunch yet. So I would <laughs> say, yeah, spend up now because there actually are, like you said, you mentioned the top five, six guys that we're going to talk about. They have a chance to be actual serious fantasy contributors down the stretch. You know, this isn't like any type of, oh, well, maybe maybe they'll have an impact, you know, a couple of weeks down the road. It's like, no, yeah. these guys have a chance to be immediate impact and also have uh, a lot of value going forward, you know, as long as they keep playing. Um, there's some there's some league winning there's some league winning upside in a couple of these guys, right? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. let's let's let, we'll get to, we'll get we'll talk about that in a second, but let's just quickly uh, talk about the Eagles last night. They got their first loss of the season. Uh, yes. I'm sure that makes you happy. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. As a Cowboys fan, but the NFC yeah. is pretty tight right now, dude. Giants seven, you know, obviously Eagles one loss, Giants seven and two, Cowboys six and three, and then the Commanders are at five hundred. Yeah, they're that's, they're five and five. That's that's actually interesting to me. You know, just a, I, I can't believe the turnaround that it's been in the NFC East. You know, um, Dallas really could have used that win last, uh, last week. Now, you know, uh, yeah. they really could have used it, but I think they'll be fine anyway. It looks like the NFC East is going to have three teams in the playoffs. But remains to be seen. Um, I'm not worried about any team just yet. They all look competitive, which is nice. It's nice to have that for a change. It's not like, you know, Dallas is just running it. But at the same time, um, yeah, I'm just happy the Eagles lost. (laughs) I I, I feel you. (laughs) Historically, the commanders have been the fraud finders. If you remember back in 2020, uh, Ron Rivera was coaching there and they beat the Steelers on the road on Monday night. And they just did the same thing against the Eagles. So hopefully, you know, as a Cowboys fan, those Eagles will lose out in the first round of playoffs. The Eagles are still a good team. They got screwed by some play calling in that game. Oh, my Not God. Play calling. They got, they got uh, screwed yeah, by yeah. a couple of things, man. Yeah. Right? The, the Dallas, Dallas Goddard, Goddard fumble. Yeah. That's the, the face. That was a, such a, um, you know, it's funny because, so if you didn't watch the game, what happened was Dallas Goddard, you know, he had the ball in his hands. He was making his way downfield. Uh, he got, ta- he was getting tackled, but he literally, like, the defender grabbed the entire face mask and pulled him down with the face mask and he fumbled and there was a no call. Yeah. on the fumble which is incredible because like if you're going to review that play it's obvious you, you're not gonna you know what i'm saying like it's 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 weird what, what is the rule on that are they not allowed to call the penalty post review no. is that what is that what it was i think that's what it is i mean i'm not like mike Pereira coming in here and tell, <laughs> tell you what the rules mike, are I'm mike not like Pereira, the... former former uh nfl uh you know official 
Yeah, let, let, let's go to a rules know. analyst here. No, but I think the rule is they tried it out um, a couple of years ago, if you remember, with pass interference where you could review it. And yeah, I remember that. That was just, they hard, not only did they hardly ever win those calls, but it, it just left too much up in the air. You have to just err on the side of the refs in this instance. I think they said they just gave up on that. They weren't going to have any type of challenge. And the same thing happened with this face mask. You can't go back and look at a play and call a penalty. The only play that they really get a little leeway is on an intentional grounding call. We've seen that happen where, you know, the refs yeah. will discuss it after the fact and determine whether there is an intentional grounding call or not. But outside of that, it's, you know, you call it or you don't. We saw that also what spurred on the pass interference um, review for that one year was that divisional was a divisional round game between the Saints and the Rams when the yep. Roby Coleman just blasted. I forget who it was, but obvious pass interference. That's what caused that to happen. But at that point, you know, you can't go back and call the penalty. It's just how how it happened. Yeah, man. Uh, they, they need to change that, though, because when it's as obvious as that, like when you can see it in the replay, like you got to be like, hey, you know what? It was actually a face mask penalty. on Yeah. The, you know, it's just straight up like that's what you got to do. Especially, uh, gotta... yeah, with the outcome of the play being a turnover. <laughs> you know, yeah. they say all 100%. turnovers are reviewed like that one. Obviously, I don't he's not going to lose the ball if he doesn't get his face mask ripped at. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? Exactly. Maybe on just automatic reviews, you review the penalty, any pot, potential penalties, like a face mask. Maybe not pass interference. Okay, maybe you don't call that because yeah. that becomes super subject, subjective when it goes into slow motion. But a face mask is just objective, right? If you can see it, it is a face mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no there's no subjectivity with that. There's no gray yeah. area. Like with a exactly. holding call, which holding calls, I still can't believe they're 10 yards. That makes me really annoyed. <laughs> but, you know, I, know. Ten, <laughs> I can't yeah, believe it's, Yeah. Like, it's, okay. It, it, it yeah. is a lot. But I feel like if it was five, it would happen way more often. Well, I don't think it would cause any team to be like, oh, well, now we can get away with holding. You know, it's only five yards. Obviously, that still hurts (laughs) you. But I feel like 10 yards, you know, a defensive holding call is only five yards. And an offensive holding call puts you back 10. It just doesn't make sense for me. I guess. Well, the offense has so many advantages already. But yeah, yeah, they're catering to the offense with the rules. and The the changes that they made. But the other other thing that happened in that game, which was terrible, (laughs) was Taylor Heineke dropped back. He randomly took a knee, like, yeah. you know, seven or eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. And and the the, the Eagles, Eagles tackled him. him. Brandon Graham just went ahead and just, like, tackled him. Yeah. Took him to the ground, and the refs called the flag. Um, and because of that, I think that was third down. It would have been fourth with, like, a minute and a half left. Yep. Um, the ball would have went back to the Eagles, and the Eagles would have had a chance to, to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – they called it a flag. It was a first down Washington and the commanders won the game. Yeah. I mean, okay. So with that one, yes, all of these uh, roughing the passer penalties, majority of them are BS. <laughs> you know, it's just a way that they've been This one it. was, an, it was super interesting because yeah. like, he, he gave himself up, but like he gave himself up, like, you know, as the defenders were kind of coming after him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if the defenders knew that he was giving himself up, like should yeah. they do you think they should because i think that's that's the that's the what people are wondering like should they have known that the quarterback gave himself up on that play i think the they should know they've seen the way they've been calling these right barfing the passer penalties they should know you know okay he's down on his knee all you gotta do brandon graham mm-hmm. just run past him and touch him on the shoulder pad that's all you true. gotta do true, like he, true. he went down with him and that was like kind of obvious. I could see why they called that just the way they've been calling it. But the thing that didn't make sense to me is that if you're Taylor Heineke, what do you do? I mean, I know that you're going down <laughs> just to move the run the clock maybe a little bit. I don't know if they had any yeah. timeouts, but like unless that penalty happens, what kind of decision is that to just take a knee down there? You know what I'm saying? You move I, yourself I back it. that many yards. He got bailed out by that call. He did get built out, and he he acted like he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, after that happened, I mean, <laughs> I love like, I love seeing the enthusiasm, but it's just like uh, it was funny watching that. But he got bailed out big time on that one because I don't know what that decision was. Terry McLaurin, man, what a big game from him! You know, making yeah. plays all night long in a tough matchup. Matched up with Darius Slay most of that game. Caught eight balls for 128 yards, 38 percent target share. His target share target share has gone up in four straight games. Like Taylor Heineke is locked onto him right now, and you know you can't you can't leave McLaurin out of your lineup like at all at this point. No, like not. He, really. I mean, even coming into this game, it, we knew it was a tough matchup, but it was it was hard not to start him because you knew he was going to get his targets. Yeah, not with. Taylor Heineke at quarterback. You can't leave Terry yeah. McLaurin out. We saw Carson Wentz throwing, and he he wasn't dialed in with Terry McLaurin. He didn't even seem like interested in throwing to him. Remember, remember nope. that Jahan Dotson had four touchdowns, I think, through three games. Yeah. Um, so 
Me, and Curtis I, Samuel, I, Curtis yeah. Samuel was getting like nine targets a game, and, yeah. look, and look what's going on with Heineke. Heineke's giving like two targets a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so Curtis Samuel is a non-factor. Yeah, so Ter- Taylor Heineke is good for Terry McLaurin, and Carson Wentz is good for everybody else. But the way Taylor Heineke's playing, he's playing way better. He has way more heart than Carson Wentz at this point. You know, he's been there for a little while, and you know he's been out of the lineup. I, I love watching Taylor Heineke play, even though you know he he's on and off. But with these receivers, he has single-handedly brought Taylor, not Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin back into relevance. You know yeah. what we're talking about? Like Curtis Samuel, like you said, pretty much a non-factor. Even though last week he did catch it, was him on the touchdown, right? It that, was a long touchdown, but he still didn't get the targets. I think he only right. caught like one or two balls in that game. Right. So outside of that, I mean, you know, it, there's not really anybody else that he's looking for. I, I think that Terry McLaurin should definitely be in your lineup. and he's might, He might be a solid wide receiver too with high wide receiver two upside because of the way yeah. This offense has been playing. They looked good last night. The ball control was it was pretty ball was control pretty, was pretty the crazy. ball control was the name of the game. And, and let's yeah. get right into that. Like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, they combined for 40 carries in this game. The run game was a big reason the commanders were able to sustain drives. Um, a lot of converted short gains for yeah. first downs, right? And that's that was really the name of the game. And that's partly why we saw such a low yard per carry output, uh, you know, for these guys. Um, I will say this though. This is an amazing sell window for Brian Robinson. Oh yeah. If you ha- if you have him, congratulations. Like this is exactly what you were looking for. You know, he had like 20 what, 26 carries in this game. Yeah. Move him now while you still have a chance. And Antonio Gibson, he's still involved with the goal line, right? That yep. goal line touchdown is not guaranteed for Robinson if the Commanders get to the goal line moving forward. They split goal line snaps down the middle. So, just keep that in mind. Um Yeah. Now, he has Houston next week. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> And, and no, I am not keeping him for that game. Like, I don't, what I'd rather do is use that as a selling point to my trade partner to say, oh, yeah. hey, Brian, I'm literally going to hit him up. Be like, yo, man, uh, Brian Robinson got Houston next week. You want him? Mm-hmm. He just had 26 carries for a touchdown. You want him? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I would sell him because you never know what's going to happen next week, right? Like, no. yes, it's a good matchup, but like, maybe Antonio Gibson, you know, gets more carries. Maybe. He's the one who has the good game. And, you know, Brian Robinson, who, you know, I think is not the best running back in the world, he might not kill it, right? He might end up with 12 carries for, you know, 57 yards, and that's it. Yeah. You know, he might have a good yards per carry output, but that's about it. Yeah. Brian Robinson, the yards per carry last night wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, 26 carries, 86 yards. But I, and, and that's why I had to preface it with, you know, the fact that he did convert a bunch of those short, like those, those like short yardage gains. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of those situations were like, go get me a yard type of thing. And he got a lot of those. So that that's why, you know, it's a little deceiving, especially last night. Cause there was so many of them. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was really weird. You know, if going into this game, you told me that by the end, it would be Brian Robinson with 26 carries against the Eagles. I'd be like, you're crazy. Like the Eagles are supposed to be up in this game, you know? Oh yeah. Antonio Gibson is supposed to be catching six or seven balls. You know, Brian Robinson should only be used on the goal line. And he should only put up, you know, 30 yards, maybe rushing. He put up 86 on 26 carries. This went completely against what I was expecting for this game. Um, the running backs look good. And like you said, and I was going to bring it up if you didn't, about Brian Robinson in the cell window. Okay. I actually have him in one of my leagues. An hourly, I think it is. And I'll buy him. I, yeah, I left him. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I left him on my bench. And actually, I, I put in Tyler Algier over him this week, and he put up three points. And then Brian Robinson has 26 carries, 86 yards, touchdown. Did you get, you, did know, you get the win? Yeah, I won. It was fine. You know, I'm Must not nice. I was <laughs> Must I wasn't nice. sweating it too much. I'm five and five back at five hundred. You know, I'm ready to make a push. I was Me actually and you looking. are both five and five in this. Oh god. How many teams are five and five in our league? I, I'm looking at it right now. There's like five fun. of them. Yeah. There's like there's five, five, one, and two, three, four, five. Five, five, and five teams. Everybody is within four and six or six and four, except the top two and bottom two. Yeah. So it's a really, you know, competitive league. It's super close. But I don't know. I, I want to try. My, and my, my team is my team is so much better than yours. Like it's not even funny. That's not even. Like true. it's not. Get out of here. <laughs> I have Justin Fields. I'm riding him to Justin the end, Fields. dude. He has single-handedly won me the last two weeks. Yeah. He put up eighty points over the past. That's two weeks. gonna be. He he's gonna be that deciding factor for you, pretty much. He has been. That's the whole reason. Like Devontae Adams, he, he's he's been doing his thing. That they're like my core too. You know, Amari Cooper right. comes and goes. I have him on my team. Justin Herbert, he's been. He's been mediocre, which is really disappointing because I was really big on it's him. It's amazing that the, 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 the best Justin you have like at quarterback is it's Justin Fields. Fields. Well, that's the whole reason I took Justin Fields. It's like the upside. This is what I was kind of hoping he would do, but Justin Herbert isn't doing it. He has a better schedule coming up, Justin Herbert does, so I have a little bit of hope for him. 
Um, I'm not necessarily going to call him a buy just because he has no weapons still. But right. as his receivers come back, he, conti- he could get a little bit better. But I digress about that. With the running backs and Washington. That was my, that, that was my fault. No, it's fine. <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't the game that I was expecting, but I'm very happy with this. You know, Both Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson now are in good spots to be trade pieces if you want to move them or you can go get Antonio Gibson. He didn't have a huge game you know, if you want to, but the usage is definitely there. He's getting all the much more valuable touches than yes. Brian Robinson. Yeah. And like, you know, like I'll give up Brian Robinson and Devonte Smith for like, you know, try to get Damian Pierce from that yeah. this week, you know, try to get, you know, even James Conner, the dude played 90% of, <clears throat> more than 90% of snaps in this game. They just dropped Eno Benjamin. Yeah. The Cardinals so, dropped Eno Benjamin, which is super weird. Yeah. I don't um, know what that was about. I saw that. I don't know either, man. Apparently the report, the reports were that he was surprised by the move. Like <laughs> really kind of makes no sense. <laughs> he was what yeah. starting two weeks ago, right? Like what, it was weird, that? man. I don't, I, understand. I don't understand. Maybe it's just a vote of confidence for James Connor. So maybe we should be buying but up. Why? But, why would you ever vote of confidence? Yeah. James Connor? Like that <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, what Dar- if he gets is, hurt? What are you going to do? Is Daryl Williams coming off IR? Could that not be yet. a reason? Like, no, I don't he's know. Not coming off IR who do they have IR. behind him? Are they going to put Kyler Murray back there? Colt McCoy quarterback, <laughs> Kyler Murray at running back. Like what are they going to do? Listen, if, if you were stashing, you know, uh, you know Benjamin. If you yeah, it is Eno Benjamin. If you were stashing Eno yes. Benjamin, um, I wouldn't drop him just yet because I want to see if he gets picked up, and yeah. I want to see where he gets picked up. You know? It's not looking good. I don't think. No. But. Yeah, I, I if you have to drop him for like one of these top five guys, like I would it, when yeah. we get to the waiver wires. But like outside of that, I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure if I would. The bottom Depends line, with, yeah. The bottom line with Eno Benjamin is I don't think he's gonna be a difference maker anywhere. You know, I think he's just going to go. He might be a depth addition somewhere. I'm not expecting too much. He can be, yeah. It's only there, there might be just a couple teams they could use him, but like I can't really think of too many on top of my head. You might be no. right. He, he um, has I, I, he has achieved his peak value already. This year. <laughs> Another guy, Devont, uh, you know, Brian Robinson, Devontae Smith, Damian Pierce. I mentioned him. I mentioned James Conner, Jeff Wilson, like even him. Like you get the point, right? Like just aim for these like that RB two range. Jamie Pierce is probably low end RB one. He just had a bad game. So I call him. Know, he would be he, he would be the ideal target. You know how I have Damian Pierce ranked. He's my RB one point five, and I, I should put a post out on that or something <laughs> because he is the one point five. I could talk about that all day. I love Damian Pierce, just don't love the offense. I hear you. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed one hundred thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, let's get into these, uh, these waiver wire pickups. Like I said, big waiver wire week. These guys have league, like some of these guys have league winning ability. But starting at number one, Christian Watson. He has league winning ability. Okay. Yeah. His first game back with the team after hamstring injuries, after concussions, almost concussions, he gets a 40% target share. Like Aaron Rodgers was waiting for this to happen. No other wide receiver has ever got a 40% target share this year. Okay. Four, four balls, eight targets, three touchdowns. It looked like Aaron Rodgers knew exactly what he had in Christian Watson. 
Uh, he didn't play more than 30% of snaps since week one. And that was after he missed a ton of time in training camp and preseason with the hamstring injury. He didn't really know the offense like that either. Um, they were giving him end arounds and stuff like that. But a couple of weeks ago, their OC did say that they can give Christian Watson everything. Like, they have confidence that he has everything. He has all the packages. It's just that they need him to play. And yeah. he did. And he's a freak. He's one of the fastest wide receivers in the league already. Like, he had a 95, yeah. 95th percentile burst score uh, and a 97th percentile catch radius score, 95% speed score, all in player profiler. So I would not be surprised if he continues to get a high target share from Aaron Rodgers. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a higher target share than Alan Lazard. Like, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. He was a second-round pick. He has Aaron Rodgers, who has been looking for a reliable wide receiver one. So I wouldn't overthink this one. Like, I know, no. like, so many people are like, yo, like, is he going to continue? He's going to have two points next week. On a per-route basis, only Chris Olave and Drake London have been targeted at a higher route among rookie wide receivers so far this year. I know it's a small sample size, but it's worth noting. And yeah. if I need a wide receiver to potentially put me over the top, I'm throwing all of my remaining fab at Christian Watson. Yeah, and Christian Watson, like I said, this is the type of performance he needed. After being in and out of the lineup, you know, concussions the whole time, this is a confidence-building performance that is going to establish a connection with him and Aaron Rodgers. And down the stretch, the Packers, you know, they looked really bad, obviously. We don't want to discount how bad they looked the five weeks going into this game against Dallas, but they looked good against Dallas. And I think this can continue. Now Aaron Rodgers, like we said, he was fist-pumping yesterday. You know, he was looking like he's back in it. You know, we're back in it, baby. That's what he was saying. Um he has Christian Watson now who looks like he's going to be a legit threat. Um, you're not going to find anybody else like this on the waiver wire the rest of the way. I don't think everybody else. Yeah. This hey, look is, at the I, schedule. It's not that bad. No, this it's is really an not. extreme upside player right here, you know, and I don't think his floor is that bad either because given the way the rest of the Packers receiver core receiving core is played, um, you know, they, they don't have anything to lose by just throwing a Christian Watson's way 10 times a game. And they should be doing that, you know, at this point, um, the passing offense has been anemic up until um, two days ago in Dallas. I, I not not in Dallas in Green Bay for, for Green Bay, but Christian Watson, he is a clear pick right now. I wish he was on our waiver wire. I'll go get him, but you haven't. <laughs> I do, and I wish I started him last week. But hey, hey, I have him. I'm happy. Could you have seen this uh, coming though? Right, great that listen, it happened, but you couldn't have seen it coming. A three touchdowns? No, I didn't see yeah. that happening. Now. The reason why I kept up picking him up like every single week before like he got hurt, I literally had him on my bench. I would say I had him on my bench during these Sunday games, probably three Sundays in a row. <laughs> yeah. Before this past week. Uh it's because I was I was I'm a believer, dude. Like I, I'm I'm a fan of Christian Watson. Like saw him at the senior bowl. Like I know what he's capable of. Like you know, and Aaron Rodgers is looking for that guy. And then when Romeo Dubs went down, I'm like, all right, this is his opportunity, you know? So, you know. I, I, I didn't think this was going to happen, but I'm not surprised, to be honest. Um, and what's it going to say? Oh, yeah, Packers schedule. Titans this week. Not bad at all. Eagles the following week. Okay. Bears, pa Rams, Dolphins, Vikings. Sounds like, good. Championship week, Christian Watson against the Vikings. I like yeah. it. And Packers I'll, fighting I'll maybe for that. a playoff spot? Yeah. Oh. I think so. You never know. Okay. But yeah, you think about on. these things. <laughs> think about these. I, 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 I was struggling between ranking Isaiah Pacheco second or Kadarius Tony, and I, I guess it's really about what you need, right? And yeah. I have Pacheco at number two right now, but you know Kadarius Tony is at three, Paris Campbell's at four. But real quick, if you need a running back, right, kind of like similar, like on the Watson side, like if you if you needed a wide receiver to put you on the, over the top, you got Watson. If you needed a running back to put you over the top. I might just throw the rest of my fab at Pacheco, given what happened this week. Um, the Chiefs gave up on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, he had no touches. He was on the field for only four snaps. Uh, the running back touches, like being distributed between two running backs now instead of three, Pacheco being the early down guy, McKinnon being the passing down guy, is way better. And yeah. usually, like, we don't want to overvalue these, like, you know, early down running backs. But this is the Chiefs' offense, right? Like, it's less about the volume Pacheco can get, but more about, like, what, the fact that he's on the field, he's running some routes, red zone usage, right? Better positions to score. I can see some volatility here for, for Pacheco, like moving yeah. forward for, to, the, to the rest of the season, especially if McKinnon stays healthy. Um, however, there aren't going to be waiver wire running backs like this coming up maybe for the rest of the fantasy season. So if you're in dire needs of a running back and you're starting like, you know, these random dudes, you know, 
If you're starting you Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. You are. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, these random dudes, like I would pick him up, man, and I would spend big and I would lock up my RB2 spot, you know, if that's what you need, right? Yeah. Um, because I think, you know, I might not rank him as a top 24 running back. I might, I might, I gotta, I gotta really check that, but it's possible I will. But I would say he's like an RB3, high end RB3 flex play type of play. Um, that's how I'm ranking him. But like this is a situation where Pacheco can be a league winning running back. You know, if remember remember the touchdowns that Clyde Edwards Hilaire was scoring early on yeah. in the year, he would get like seven touches and then two like, touchdowns. a touchdown or two. Yeah. yeah. We can see something similar with Pacheco, except him getting that work in near the red zone, but also getting like, you know, ten to fifteen touches on top of that. So yeah. that's why he's valuable, you know, on this amazing offense. So both of these Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, and I'll talk about Kadarius Tony in a minute. But how are you viewing Pacheco here if he's available on your waiver wire? I mean, I pick him up. I, I think that's the bottom line. You just pretty much explained away everything. How much fab though, right? I, I, yeah, I feel like are you breaking? Are you breaking the bank on him? Like, obviously, I think Christian Watson is probably available in almost every waiver wire, almost yeah. unless you're in a really deep league. His ownership, I think, on sleepers like seventeen percent. Chris Christian Watson. So okay. Pacheco's is, around 50. I was honestly yeah. surprised that Pacheco was that available. Yeah, that available. You think it's a little low? His ownership? I think it's low. I think it's a little high. I, I don't know for the way he was playing. I know he started, quote unquote, the game a couple weeks yeah. ago, but his workload is exactly what we've kind of been staying away from. It's just the early down, and he wasn't scoring right. touchdowns or anything. You know, obviously, no, Patrick Mahomes was doing that. Um, but at this point, with Clyde Hiller out of the picture, you know, I think that Isaiah Pacheco could be a good pickup for him. I don't think he's a slam dunk. I think he's a very good pickup, though, at running back, just given the offense that he's on and what we've seen from him. He's he's talented, you know? He can run the ball. It's just his workload, the type of work he's been getting, isn't as – it doesn't scream out to me, you know, pick me up as much as maybe Kadarius Toney. I, I, I would switch them to. And for me, the story yeah. – the story. I, I had Kadarius Toney at two. I did, yeah. and I switched it last minute. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't. I should stop making these last minute switches. What do you think? Yeah, you, you just said about it yesterday on the podcast about <laughs> those last minute decisions screw you out of win. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is, for me, the story of this week's waiver wire it's the three receivers that we have in the top five. It's Christian Watson, Kadarius Tony, and Paris Campbell. All three of them can be really nice pickups for you move forward. And the running backs are good too. I just think that the wide receivers present a lot more value. I feel you. I feel you. So if if Pacheco was available, let's say you have like sixty five dollars left. In your yeah. fab, you had a hundred dollars budget for the season. How much of that sixty five? And let's say you're set at wide receiver, and I guess you're probably still picking up Christian Watson. Is my assumption, but yeah, if you need, if you needed a running back, how much of that sixty five dollars would you be spending? I would maybe put that. I, I think twenty five would be. You ain't getting them. I, I would put twenty five. I'm not. I mean, I guess if you if you're in what dire you need, really need a running back, back, if you're in dire need of running back, if you I don't mean, have an RB two, reliable RB two. 50 minimum. I, 50 I think, minimum. Makes sense. Yeah, okay. 50 minimum. Um, I'm not sure it's what like, you're putting down. If you're trying to get uh, – you're not going to be able to get Christian Watson and Isaiah Pacheco in fab format. I don't think no. that's going to work. But, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, he's going to be the cheaper of the two, but he's still going to be – If I had like $80 of fab, I would put it all on Christian Watson. Yeah. I mean, I mean are, are you, 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 you have to check to see the rest of your league to see like how much fab they have, yeah. <laughs> right? Like don't, <laughs> put, just don't put 80 if like the next highest is like 72. Yeah. Right. Like put 73. Just, um, yeah. Just play that game. Are you are you trying to inflate these prices a little bit, Ferrari? <laughs> I'm not trading Chris <laughs> Pacheco. Oh, no, I'm not saying you should. I, like I oh, said. For, oh, for Pacheco? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not because I only have $10 of fab left. You know, so, we, like, you wouldn't even have wouldn't. to worry about I, this. If I want, if I was trying to do anything with Pacheco, like remember, I just dropped him. Right. So, like, yeah. I would be deflating his value. I would have put him at like number 12 here. And I guess send this true. send yeah, these yeah, rankings yeah. to all of my league mates. Be like, he sucks. <laughs> Don't pick him up. Uh, yeah, look look at, what I look where I have him. It's on a special it's, special it's a fancy graphic. It's it, a trap, guys. True. Yeah, yeah. It's a I don't think, I don't think yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be able to get him. No, um, but I'm okay because I have the next guy. Kadarius I would Tony. be and, yeah. I would be okay ahead. without getting Pacheco if I were you know. Of course, it would be nicer if you had him on your bench, just sitting there. But I'm I'm not, I wouldn't be, be nice. sweating it. You know, That'd my nice. opinion is you're fine. I think I'm fine because I got Christian McCaffrey in that league. I yeah. have Jonathan Taylor in the league, and I have Travis Etienne. Yeah, a little, little flex. I just want to flex on him. You know <laughs> little, what I'm saying? Yeah. A little, little, little flex. Okay, anyway. Um, gotcha. 
Okay, so I said that I was a little surprised about Pacheco's roster ship. I'm very surprised about Kadarius Tony. I did not think he was going to be available in 50% of leagues, especially yeah. after the trade. And I guess people didn't like what happened in his first week with Kansas City, but it's like, well, what did you expect? You know, he wasn't going to learn the whole offense. This is an Andy Reid offense, right? It's not, yeah. this is this is a tough offense to learn. But uh, like he, he hardly had any snaps in week one, but he was targeted at a relatively high rate based on what he was, you know, based on the fact that he was on the field. Same thing this week. He showed what he's capable of, right? 44% of snaps, that's it. But he was targeted on 31% of his routes. He had six touches in this game, totaled 90 yards, <laughs> right? So, like, yeah. that's pretty efficient. And in the run game, they're going to use him in the run game. They're going to use him in the pass game. He had a contested catch. That was amazing where they kept on showing him adjusting his gloves, you know, right before that catch. He's just a uh, – what's the word? Um, what's the word when you don't do things normally? Like, there's a word for that. He is unconventional. very unconventional. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. He's a very unconventional. He's unconventional in all facets of the game. He yeah. is a very unconventional route runner. Like he doesn't run routes like, you know, he doesn't look up to Stefan Diggs when he's running no. routes. You know what I'm saying? He's not <laughs> look up to looking, anybody. Hunter Renfro. Look up to anybody. I have no idea. <laughs> Hunter uh, Renfro. He, he, he runs some interesting routes. Hunter Renfro is a good route. Like he's a good. I would say he's a conventional route runner in terms of I don't like think he's would. conventional. I think he's kind of made his own way. If you watch, yeah. there's a lot. He chops his feet a lot, but it works. It, it makes right. no sense. Yeah, I guess. Kadarius does weird things with his body when he's running routes. Like, yeah. you saw it last, like in the Titans game the week before. Um, but yeah, man, like, I'm going to, I expect his route participation to increase moving forward. Like, I expect his snaps to increase. And, you know, I think it will be regardless of who's on the field, right? Like Juju might be out next week with that concussion mm -hmm. and Tony can benefit from that, but I'm not really basing any decisions around that. And, you know, Tony looks like he can be a serious weapon for this team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the wide receiver that you want on the Chiefs in a couple of weeks. Like I wouldn't be surprised even over Juju. Um, yeah. They, they wouldn't have traded for Tony. Like if you think about Michael Hardman being out too, like they wouldn't have traded for Tony if they thought they could get by with McCall Hartman. You know, like they're they're going for it with Tony. And yeah. he's gonna get his role and he looked great in this game. And I'm spending a ton of fab on him as well if he's available. Um and I think next week you can start him as like an upside flex play. I might have a tough time not ranking him as like a low end wide receiver three. Yeah. You know, with upside, you know, even if he has another game of, you know, slightly relatively limited playing time. Mm-hmm. I think Kadarius Tony, and I said about this yesterday, um, he looks as close to Tyreek Hill as Chiefs have had since Tyreek Hill left. And I wouldn't be surprised. He runs around. He's twitchy just like Tyreek Hill. I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if he kind of steps in to be the wide receiver one. Remember what Patrick Mahomes was able to do with Tyreek Hill. I mean, we know Tyreek Hill's doing his thing down in Miami, and you don't want to discount what he did in Kansas City. But remember what that was. And I just look at Kadarius Tony. It just makes me reminds me of Tyreek Hill in this offense. He's going to be able to take the top off the defense. He's going to be able to catch all the intermediate passes. I think that he has a really good shot at you know just kind of growing in this offense really quickly and becoming a go-to for Patrick Mahomes really early. I'm big on Kadarius Tony this week. For the waiver wire. And the thing is, you know, you say, we're buying Kadarius Tony, we're buying Isaiah Pacheco, we're buying Christian Watson off of this waiver wire using your fab. The thing that this waiver wire week has is options. You don't usually have a bunch of clear no. options like this. There are a bunch of good options. And that might help, actually. You know, we talk about these guys being so expensive in terms of fab. It might help deflate their value a little bit because a lot of the fab is going to be spread out. I don't think you're going to have guys in your league trying to spend 20, 20, 20 here trying to get everybody obviously it's not yep. going to probably that's not going to net you any players but if a bunch of guys go in on christian watson a bunch of guys go in on isaiah pacheco a bunch of guys go in on canaries like there are so many different options this week it's, it's just insane i love all of them christian watson is the easy pick because he's you know in line for the clearest workload increase moving forward but canaries tony i think is a close second for me because just you, I see his skill set, the way he plays. He seems happy to be in Kansas City compared to New York, and that is understandable. Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. If they get any type of connection, Kadarius Tony could be huge down the stretch. Yeah, man. Um, and and Paris Campbell's another guy who you can pick up. You know, in the top four, uh, he's simply coming on in this offense, right? He's catching balls down the field. He's making things happen after the catch. He's doing things out of the slot, and this makes me happy because. Yeah. I've loved the Paris, Paris Campbell, Campbell since, he, since he joined the league, you know, coming out of Ohio State. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is back. They won. You know, expect Matt Ryan to keep his job. Yeah. And with Matt Ryan, like, Campbell has averaged more than 20 PPR fantasy points per game over the last three games together. Got a caught a touchdown in each of those games. And, 
you know, Campbell might be the most reliable option out of all these guys. Like, you know, if you're like, all right, well, who is the best bet to continue producing, you know, and getting targets is probably Campbell, but he just doesn't have the upside like Kadarius Tony has and Christian Watson has. Yeah. No, no, I hear you. This kind of reminds me, you know, obviously Paris Campbell and, you know, Michael Pittman are a little bit different, but Matt Ryan had a similar situation in Atlanta when he had Julio Jones and Russell Gage, and you'd think he'd be throwing Julio Jones, the big body playmaker, Michael Pittman, big body playmaker. You know, he's supposed to be the wide receiver one, but Russell Gage just always had these games down when he was in Atlanta. Now Paris Campbell's coming on in that role. We've seen this from Matt Ryan before. You know, Matt Ryan is doing his thing. I sincerely hope he keeps his job the rest of the way. The offense looks so much better with Matt Ryan, even though it's still limited relatively. But with Jonathan Taylor coming back and looking good, this has a chance to be a better offense than we think it's going to be, than what we remember with Matt Ryan earlier in the season. This is going to be a really good pickup for you. I, for you, He could be a really nice consolation prize if you don't feel like breaking the bank or you don't have the fab to break the bank on guys. There are obviously Christian Watson, Kadarius Tony, Ferris Campbell. You know, he could be a nice under-the-radar ad, even though he has. I'm, I'm not sure he has the upside, but the floor is really nice. He's going to be a good solid starter for you each week. Um, I kind of like in him, the way he's been producing reminds me of Jacoby Myers, the production that he's been having, you know, just yeah. kind of flying under the radar. So he'll be a nice starter for you. You can start Jacoby Myers every week. Um, yeah. I, I, that's what I see for Paris Campbell. Moving I'm, forward. I'm probably ranking him as like a high end wide receiver three. Those yeah. come a week. Yeah. He's borderline top 24. Yeah. I would say so. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Rashad White makes his list, makes his way to this list again. Surprise. Yep. Uh, this What's one I didn't understand. <laughs> around 50 right right around 50 percent on, right. on all platforms actually on sleeper he's at 50 on yahoo and espn he's way lower which is i don't understand Clear, this one because yeah the writing was on the wall for like six weeks now we've yeah. been talking about it on this podcast this letter for net situation for like weeks you know and we've been talking about the utilization this this whole time and that's why we've been talking about it just it's, it's been going up and down but rashad white started the game you know in germany uh, against the Seahawks. And before Leonard Fournette got hurt, White had the edge in snaps. Okay, so this can be a 50-50 going forward, meaning that White can have some standalone value. Um, the Bucks yeah. are on bye this week. Fournette has a hip pointer injury, but he is expected to be back after the bye. Who knows? Uh, but I would assume that he will be back. But it's possible that White starts that game again and leads, leads that backfield with Fournette a little bit banged up. It's possible. And yeah. even if he's not banged up, it's possible. So they're playing the Browns out of the bye. It's a great matchup for these running backs. Don't ask me who I'd rather play because I have to think about that one. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Th- you don't have to rank them this week. This so week, exactly. I guess That's really time. good. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how things develop with the Fournette injury. But you're talking about you, you, the utilization, the writing being on the wall. You know, kind of shifting more towards Rashad White before the injury. Now the injury happened. You know, could it give the Bucks an excuse to be like, yeah, let's use Rashad White a little bit more and just kind of leave? Rashad- you know, you know, Rashad White wishes that there was no buy this yeah. week. Yeah. Oh my god. Right. Because like I kind of wish if, there was no if buy. Fournette, <laughs> if Fournette was out this week and they didn't have, they had a game to play and Rashad White was the guy, Rashad White could have had a huge game and then it would have shifted that backfield even more. Yeah. And me as the Leonard Fournette truther, you know, <laughs> I want to see I want to see Rashad White play with like with I want to see if Leonard Fournette would play with an injury, how things would shake out, just to get that clarity on how things are actually going. You know, it might still be ambiguous now because we're missing this. Uh, the, they're they're missing this week on by. I, I think that Rashad White has really good upside. We talk about this every week. Your weekly reminder: to pick up Rashad White. That's the way it's going to be. Um, we've been calling it out. If anything happens to Leonard Fournette, it just did. So I, I think there's a really good chance that he sees a lot more run the rest of the way. I don't think. Um... He's, he's going to be on this wave of wireless next week. I have a feeling, and I have faith in everybody here. Actually, you know, I'll say We've this. had faith for a while. The, the people in <laughs> on, on this, like, people who listen to this podcast, I would say, like, 65% of them probably have Rashad White on their team. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not even just saying, like, 65% of people didn't drop Rashad White. I'm saying, like, 65% probably have Rashad White on their team. I get a lot of Rashad, Rashad White questions, like, you know, in our text community and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. You, you guys yeah. have been listening. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, pick him up if he's available, please. Diamond Peoples-Jones uh, at number six here. This is the highest he's been, but, you know, another upper-hand waiver-wire veteran, right? <laughs> his his yeah. last six games, 71 yards. And I do this every week. I, I, I talk about, like, 
Last week I said his last five games, and the week before that, his last four games. Well, now it's six <laughs> games, and it's 71 yards receiving, 50 yards, 74, 71, 81, and now 99 yards receiving on five catches and nine targets. So solid floor play every single week, even this week in Buffalo. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the anti-Amari Cooper. He doesn't have the ceiling, but he also doesn't leave you out to dry. Um, it doesn't matter where Donovan Peoples-Jones plays. Home or away, he will produce for you. And it looked the matchup, really good. The matchup has never mattered either. Yeah, matchup doesn't matter. He's produced for you week in and week out. And what people forget, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's actually a, a pretty good receiver. Deshaun Watson's coming back. This has a chance to really open up for the Browns offense, you know. Obviously, Amari Cooper's kind of been the guy so far, but they could definitely have two fantasy relevant receivers with a guy that's a little bit more dynamic than Joe, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, He's been serviceable, but, you know, he's played like a backup. He's been able to produce a couple good finishes for for his receivers. Um, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones' ceiling is a lot higher once Deshaun Watson comes back and he's back in the lineup. Um, you know, he could be a, a decent buy. I mean, I'm not sure anybody who has him is going to move off of him. If he's sitting on the waiver wire, you're probably not going to have to. But, you know, maybe he this could be a really good ad for you if he's sitting on your waiver wire because if I'm saying that you might be able to buy him because of Deshaun Watson coming back, you know, they could be really a lot of value, a big um, momentum swing in your league if you could get Donovan Peoples-Jones. For sure. Um, and then I have Gus Edwards here at number seven. Remember, uh, he had that hamstring injury before their bye, right? And his teammate is going to be on IR for a little bit longer. Okay, so Gus Edwards is going to be the starter if he's healthy. Kenyon Drake will probably be the starter if Gus Edwards is not ready. But listen, like as, as long as Gus Edwards is the starter, you could start him as like a low in RB2 with with a lot of touchdown upside, right? He had two touchdowns the, the week before he got hurt. Um, so, you know, he's somebody if you need a running back and you can't grab Pacheco and Gus Edwards is available, he's somebody that you should you should grab if you can. Yeah, the, he's been on and off for this waiver wire pickup list just because of the injury, but he's good. Any Ravens running back that's starting, I think they kind of fall into that low end RB2 with touchdown yeah. upside. That's mm-hmm. kind of where they fall. You know, if they score touchdowns, then they're going to be um, a high RB2 pretty much. Anything outside that's going to be low RB2 numbers. But Gus Edwards, if he's sitting on the waiver wire, there's no reason not to pick him up just because the Ravens' backfield has been so banged up. Um, you know, it changes every week. I wouldn't count on him being a contributor each and every week the rest of the way, not just because of injury, but because other guys will be coming back. But he can win you – he not win you a couple of weeks, but he can definitely fill in um, on your roster for these next two, three weeks. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, and his teammate, Isaiah Likely, the reason why I have him here is because there's still a chance Mark Andrews might not play this week, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't assume that Mark Andrews plays, right? The way that um, Harbaugh has been talking about Andrews is like, yeah, he has, he has a good chance of playing this week, you know? And it's like he's leaving a little bit of room. He's leaving that door open for Andrews to potentially miss another game here. I know that Isaiah Likely only caught one ball, but it was a tough matchup against the Saints last week. At least he caught the touchdown. It yeah. was a tough matchup against the Saints. He still got a high target share from Lamar Jackson, even though he only caught one pass. I think he had five targets in that game. So yeah. going into this week, much better matchup. And I would start as likely as a top five tight end this week, you know, uh, if Mark Andrews is out. So if you need a tight end, you know, if you there's a there's a couple of tight end injuries this week. If you need one, pick him up. Yeah. And we talked about Isaiah Likely a lot. He is a receiver in a tight end's body. He matches up well with pretty much any linebacker that's going to be covering him. And I call him the only tight end handcuff in the league. I said every time we talk about Isaiah Likely, but that's the truth because Lamar has no problem throwing to him. Obviously, they didn't connect on all five targets. They connected on one for a touchdown the last time they played together. But before that, he had a good week. There's no reason to think he can't get it done, especially with this Ravens offense just hurting at receiver. You know, with Rashad Bateman out, they're missing a weapon there. Mark Andrews being out. Somebody has to catch a ball. Isaiah Likely can do it. He's super athletic. We talked about that um, in a couple of episodes, you know, this podcast, and you had him pretty high in your uh, rankings this oh, yeah. offseason coming in because of his athleticism. So there's no reason not to have Isaiah Likely on your roster, especially with Mark Andrews' status still up in the air. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going to say that I had him ranked highly like the week before, which I did. I think I had him ranked at number two. Um, yeah. And that was a, well, that was a bad call. No, because... no, that's a fair ranking, I think. It yeah. looked fantastic. It looked like we, we had a home run ranking right there on that first, was it second drive they caught that touchdown? <laughs> All right, true, already yeah, yeah. a catch for 24 yards and a touchdown. Awesome, you know? But I think uh, that was the week where Dallas Goddard just like went off. Like he, yeah, he had, he had like, a huge game. Four points, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, had a, he had a huge game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. So uh, next on this list, I have DeAndre Carter. And, you know, he's still available in a lot of leagues. Um, you know, there is a chance. So Brandon Staley said that Kinnell is going to practice this week. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that Kinnell will play. So if Kinnell doesn't play, like DeAndre Carter will still be in play. They're going up against the Chiefs this week. Okay. And Carter, you know, his last two games, he's been solid. You know, double digit fantasy points each of the last two weeks. He caught that long touchdown early in the game against San Francisco. The Chiefs haven't been good against slot wide receivers. So this is adding up for Paris. Can- I mean, I'm sorry, DeAndre Carter to have another, you know, solid game in PPR leagues against the Chiefs. Yeah, and historically, these two teams, when they play each other, they put up a lot of points. You know, the fireworks are aplenty between these two teams. Even though Keenan Allen and Mike Williams aren't – I don't think they're both – I don't think either of them are supposed to play. But Justin Herbert, I don't know if you watched him in the last game. He looked – obviously, the stat line wasn't spectacular, but he seems to be, like, all the way back from whatever hurting that he had. And he's throwing the ball well, I think. He looked good on that first drive and things kind of cooled off. I think that he has a much better schedule coming up these next few weeks. Kansas City, Arizona, Las Vegas, Miami, four straight good matchups that he should be able to capitalize on, even with yeah. these receivers, you know, kind of being, you know, the the guys down the depth chart. But he can make them, he can make them, you know, decent and serviceable receivers. DeAndre Carter, he showed it last week that he's able to pick up a little bit of that slack. I think DeAndre Carter could be a good pickup. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and then we have Cole Komet caught five touchdowns in the past three weeks. Um you know, turning into one of Justin Fields' favorite targets. And he got, you know, a, a, a good amount of targets this week, too. High target share. So, Cole Komet, somebody, if you need a tight end, more long-term than Isaiah Likely. But Isaiah Likely would have more upside if Mark Andrews' injury were to persist. You know, you yeah. pick up Likely for this week. But Komet will be that long-term add if you rather have rather have him. Yeah, I, I like Cole Komet just, you know, as a tight end at this point because there aren't that many that you can pick from. You know, Hayden Hurst used to be on my radar. Now he's kind of off my radar. Um, obviously, he was on by last week, but he's kind of cooled off. A bunch of these guys, especially if you had Gerald Everett and he just got injured, you're not sure what you're mm-hmm. going to have with him moving forward. Cole Komet could be a good pickup for you. You know, these tight ends are pretty much, you know, plug, replace. It, they'll move in and out of your lineup each week. But Cole Komet, the way he's been playing, I'd be happy plugging him in. I, I don't have a problem with that. 100%. Uh, Traylon Burks at number 11, he's back. Uh, he played, you know, he ran a ton of routes in this game. Uh, he looks like he's he's fully back, and he's going to have the most opportunity out of any of these wide receivers. I know that Nick Westbrook-Akina was the guy to have a big game, but we've seen that before from him, and he's disappeared before that. So Traylon Burks is, is the guy that you want on this offense. You know, I wouldn't start him this week, but I would stash him. I would pick him up, put him on my bench, see what happens, see what the usage looks like. Uh, yeah. And that's 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 pretty much how I, I would roll with it. Yeah, but with Traylon Burks, we were kind of talking about his usage before he got injured. You know what I'm saying? Like that he was getting more targets. And I remember we talked about that one almost touchdown catch that wasn't. Um, he has upside. You know, he's the best receiver. I think that the Titans have moved forward and they've been hurting at receiver. I mean, what was it? Didn't know. I think the Titans had no receivers catch a ball. Was it two weeks ago? <laughs> I think there was so, one or something like that. Yeah. So. Somebody has to help out. They have to start using receivers at some point. Draylon Burks is going to be the guy to get the ball in the hands of. I, I think he's going to be able to do. He's going to be able to do a lot after the catch if they just give him the opportunity. Um, this offense needs a passing dimension. Obviously, Derrick Henry looked like he was shouldering the load. And he was able to just carry this offense single-handedly. Last week, that was not the case. Um, even though they did win against Denver, you know, it was Nick. It took a Nick Westbrook Akina breakout game. You know, massive just overproduction to you know get them in the win column. Um, that showed that they need help at wide receiver. Traylon Burks, he should be able to, you know, kind of fit in nicely and, and get some work. He he deserves the work and he needs to get the work if this offense wants to move forward and actually stay competitive in games. 
for sure. I mean, 76% rap participation in his first game back, six targets, 18% target share. Solid, solid. Yeah. Um, and you, he, that could go up moving forward. Alexander Madison, I'm going to have him here at number 12, you know, as a long-term ad, you know, just as a guy that you want to stash. People have been dropping him because of buys and all that. He was available in your wire. You want to stash him, put him, you know, at the end of your bench because he's somebody that, you know, if Dalvin Cook were to go down, he becomes a, uh, a hot, you know, a, a solid RB1, you know, moving forward. So these kind of guys you don't want to leave on your waiver wire this time of year. The buys are kind of reducing a little bit, not too many bye weeks. So keep that in mind. Alexander Madison, you know, just stash him right now. Yeah. He, he's one of the easy stashes because he's, we know what yeah. he is as a handcuff. Exactly. Exactly. He's a high end handcuff and there's not too many of them. So yeah. he's one of the, the, he's like one of the, him, you know, Tony Pollard, Rashad White. You know, these guys I, are going to be the top guys. I feel like Tony Pollard is kind of ascended above the handcuff label. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, no, I know he sure. is. I, I, I just mean like, you know, if the running back in front of him were to get hurt, like, oh, yeah, what, yeah, is yeah. He, what does he become? You know, Rashad White, same thing. You know, what does he become? Yeah. You know, I think they become like solid RB1 plays, you know, at the very least. Rashad White is on the brink of standalone value. Tony Pollard has a standalone value. They Alexander both have Madison, standalone value. Yeah. Alexander Madison's a true handcuff where, you know, he's not going to get very many touches. Um, if Dalvin Cook doesn't, if, if, if he is playing, but once Dalvin Cook goes down, Madison's leading that backfield. 100%. Uh, Darius Slayton at 13 here. He's been leading the Giants wide receiver core, you know, over the past several weeks. You know, we wanted it to happen with Wanda Robinson, but at this point, we might have to just be a little honest with ourselves and really declare who the Giants wide receiver one is. And I think it's Darius Slayton. So, yeah. you know, if you miss out on DPJ, guys like that, Pick up Darius Slayton. You know, he it seems like he has around a 10-point PPR floor right now. If that's what you're looking for, just for some solid depth at wide receiver. If you're hurting there, you know, you could pick up Slayton. I would not worry about matchups with him. Um, he's got it done in like, you know, not so amazing matchups. You know, it's not like he went off. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying to pick up Darius Slayton because he had that long touchdown. Like that was good to see. Uh, mm-hmm. but he was on this waiver wire list before, and he is going up against Detroit next week so good matchup yeah very good matchup i feel like this giants wide receiver situation is going to be fluid you know moving forward i don't know who isaiah hodgins is but he had a couple catches yeah <laughs> a couple was it two days ago um Wondell robinson i was really hoping that he would kind of you know carve himself out a role and it seems like his role is there is just minimal you know what i mean yeah. um the way that this offense is playing it runs through saquon barkley which makes sense they gave him 35 carries on sunday um so they didn't have to run the throw the ball much and with daniel jones at quarterback that might be a good thing i wouldn't trust any of these guys to have like league winning upside i wouldn't have trust any of these guys to have weak winning upside but like you said um the floor seems to be good enough with darius slayton moving forward that he should be able to be in your lineup and you won't have to be you know rolling in your sleep over him putting up two points he should be able to catch at least a few balls for you exactly you know slayton 24 percent target share this week this past week and he had more than 20 percent target share uh in his last three games so, you know, worth noting, and some, someone like that should be on on, on, on rosters, at least in 12-team leagues. Yeah. Uh, Nico Collins, you know, played over, you know, so Houston wide receivers. Brandon Cooks was stripped of his captain title. They ripped that C off his chest. He said, <laughs> give me that. You, you will not be our captain. Yeah. And they, they let Nico Collins be their wide receiver one, and he did his thing. So, um. So, yeah, man, like now at this point, you're looking at Nico Collins as the wide receiver one potentially. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had, did he have 10 targets or was it not? Yeah. He 10 had, targets. Yeah. He had 10 targets in this game. So, uh, something you want to look out for. He caught that touchdown. You know, they're going to be in negative game scripts a lot. So, you might want to pay attention to Nico Collins. You know, somebody that, you know, uh, ha- yeah, a lot of people were fans of Nico Collins. I'm not like, a fanboy of his or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of dynasty truthers, dynasty guys are like Nico Collins truthers. I'm not one of them, but he has a chance now moving forward with them reducing Brandon Cook's snaps now and his routes run. We could see Nico Collins have some value the rest of the way. Yeah. The Nico Collins is getting his value primarily because Brandon Cooks is, you know, kind of being relegated to a, yeah. a, a spot a spot performance. Only, you know? only 63% of dropbacks uh, route percentage for Brandon Cooks. So yeah. that's not good. That means that they're taking snaps away from him. Yeah. So th- there was a big fallout at the trade deadline, obviously, with Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks didn't realize when he signed his contract, he saw the dollar signs, you know, and he was like, all right, I'll sign this contract. And they realized that he's not going to be happy in Houston. So 
that's pretty obvious. It seems like the relationship between the franchise and Brandon Cooks is fractured. I think that's going to end up hurting Brandon Cooks the rest of the way. The upside that I thought Brandon Cooks had just kind of fell out. Davis Mills is not very good. So now Nico Collins becomes a wide receiver one. Davis Mills' wide receiver one is on the waiver wire, ladies and gentlemen. Who wants him? We'll start bids at $1. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think that's what it's going to be. Um, pretty much. I don't think any, I don't think you have trouble picking him up if you want him. You shouldn't have to throw too much fab at him. But um, no. this is a prospective ad, even though it might seem like he's right in line for uh, more workload. I, I think that okay. it's going to be a relatively low ceiling for him. Yeah. I got Deshaun Watson at number 15. If you need a quarterback, he's going to be coming back in week 14, I think it is. No, week 13? Week 13. Uh, I think it's 13. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, of so, course, against the Texans. Who else? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, so Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, when he's back, he might become a quarterback one. He might be a high-end quarterback one. Who knows? There's a lot of range of outcomes for Deshaun Watson. But if, you, if, you, if you're hurting that quarterback, you know, you didn't get a chance to pick up Justin Fields, pick up Deshaun and see what happens. That's kind of yeah. how I'm looking at it. Trey McBride, I have him at 16 here because Zach Ertz is out for the season with a knee injury, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, Trey McBride, you know, obviously the the most highly touted rookie tight end coming into the league. You know, he was the the first one picked in the draft. You know, he he won the Mackey Award as the best tight end last year in college football. Uh, so, you know, pick him up. You know, he's I, I have some history with Trey McBride. Uh, you know, we, we were at the Senior Bowl and like. You know, we, we we interviewed him and all that. It was dope as hell. He's a good dude. So I'm hoping he succeeds. But, you know, he played almost every single snap in this game with when Zach Ertz went down. Uh, Zach Ertz went down pretty early in that game, and McBride basically took over that role. So he's a prospective ad. You know, I don't know how comfortable I feel starting him this week. But, you know, if you're in dire – if you're if you're in need, he's going to run a ton of routes. So I wouldn't mind putting him out there, especially if Kyle Murray's playing. I wouldn't mind putting Trey McBride out there either. You know, this is, like you said, the highest touted tight end prospect coming out of this year's class. And it's not like fantastic class. There's no such thing really as like an extremely good tight end class. I mean, unless maybe this one coming up. But um, with, with Trey McBride, I think he can slide right into Zach Ertz's role. I, I don't think Kyler Murray's going to suddenly stop throwing the tight ends now that it's not Zach Ertz. You know, he's been using Zach Ertz the whole season. He's had a solid floor for each and every week. And that's all you can really ask for out of a tight end in 2022. So Trey McBride... If, you know, we know Zach Ertz is going to play, I, I feel like I'd be okay sliding him in if I don't have anybody better. If I've been streaming my tight ends the whole season, I, I put Trey McBride in and hope that he can just kind of be my my guy the rest of the way. I got Jordan McKinnon here at number 17. All he is is a depth running back. He's an RB3, PPR RB3. Just if like if I'm if you're looking for 8 to 10, 8 to 12 points in a PPR league, now that the distribution is between only two running backs. McKinnon gets a slight bump here as well because yeah. he's going to be running slightly higher percentage of routes now that uh, Ceh is out because Ceh was also running some routes too. So um, you know if you if you if you're in a deep league and you need running backs and to get some running back depth, McKinnon it won't leave you out to dry most weeks going forward. Yeah, I, I don't think McKinnon is going to be like you said. He gets a slight bump. It's an extremely slight bump for me. The only thing that would give him that little bump would be the fact that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had zero carries last week. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have zero carries next week or touches. I think he's going to get a couple touches at least each game. Um, it's I think it's difficult at that point with the way they've been using him before. It's been a committee in a committee backfield for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire not to touch a ball at least once, but definitely trending away from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that gives Jarek McKinnon that bump that you're talking about. Like you said, this isn't somebody that's going to win you your league. But if you have an injury last minute and you need somebody to start on the spot, Jarek McKinnon can do that. Definitely. Um, all right, just to wrap this up real quick, we got Kyra Williams at 18. Uh, he played a, a, a solid number of snaps. He was there passing down back in his first game with the team. Uh, Cooper Cup has, is out. So, you know, maybe some more targets going his way. Also, he has the possibility of rising to the top of this running back room ahead of Dal Henderson. So I'm still stashing him as of right now. Um, ben Skoranek, I have him at 19 here because I'm assuming, like you mentioned yesterday, he's Cooper Cup's clone. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's possible that, you know, he ends up being the primary slot receiver with Cooper Cup, you know, set to miss several weeks here. You know, at this point, he does have mm -hmm. a high ankle sprain. You're probably out four to six weeks, I'm assuming. Uh, so for the rest of the year, you might be able to, you know, depend on Skoranek as like a PPR wide receiver three. That's kind of his ceiling to me. Um, yeah. So, He's a prospective ad. I don't want to start him, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, after week 11, 
schematic has like nine targets with for like 67 yards right so yeah. like that's kind of what i'm picking him up for yeah, the floor is what you're picking up Ben Skoranek for. I would actually put him over Kyron Williams just because I think Skoranek is more in line for more workload. And maybe it's just me undervaluing running backs in the ra- waiver wire. You know, I just said that I put Paris Campbell, Kadarius Tony, Christian Watson over like Rashad White. And um, I forget who the other guy was. Um, that we Pacheco? Already. Yeah, Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already forgot. Yeah, I'm so hyped up on Pacheco that I forgot <laughs> where he was ranked on a ranked on these uh, waiver wire pickup rankings. But yeah, I, I would put Ben Skoranek over him just because I think that his workload's a little bit more guaranteed. Daryl Henderson did score a touchdown last week. Um, obviously, we're not going to anticipate that every week. The way yeah. that this Rams backfield is, the offense is not very good. Um, they were missing Stafford last week. I think he does come back, and it'll be a little bit better. But the touchdown upside remains relatively low, especially with Cooper Cup out. It should be interesting to see. I'm a little bit worried about this Rams offense now that Cooper Cup is out. Yeah. He was driving the offense forward and without that things could get messy they're gonna suck yeah. uh I, I, isaiah mckenzie i hear had number 20 just to wrap it up he his rap percentage has been increasing a ton ran 80 percent on drop of dropbacks this past week so worth noting even though he didn't have a huge game you know you want to pay attention to josh allen's wide receivers right and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Jack is at Zach is at Upperhand Zach on Instagram as well. And yeah, subscribe to the podcast. It means the world to us. Appreciate you guys. Take it easy. Good luck on waivers. See ya.